Welcome to episode two of our series, Worship Leading for Small Churches. If you missed episode one, go back right now and go watch it. There's some great stuff in there. We talked about choosing songs for beginner worship teams. In this episode, we're going to talk about running rehearsals and arranging songs for small worship teams. I'm once again joined by Josh Powell and Rachel Wiley. Talking about running rehearsals, uh, I want to start off with, with something that's very, very important to me. What's the difference between practice rehearsal and then run through like that's that, that's a big point to me yeah I think there's a there's a really important distinction between between them uh, I think between practice rehearsal and run through uh, practice is what you do on your own mm-hmm. right it's, it's you uh, doing what you need to do to learn your part for that song so that when you come to rehearsal you can put it all together and as a band you can learn how each part fits together. Um, and then a run through is after uh, after you've done all your rehearsal, you show up for the Sunday morning. Uh, in an ideal world, you would have a run through of the song just to refresh what you had done in in rehearsal. So, personal practice, uh, band rehearsal, mm-hmm. and then uh, a run through of just a last minute. Yeah, a, fi- a final yeah. polish, yeah. A, a, a reminder right before, um, yeah. um, almost like a sound check. Yeah, like, like one more, one more. Let's put it all together. Yeah, this is acting as if. Yeah, as if this is the worship. They're all here. important, but yep. they are distinct. They're yeah. very different. Uh, your rehearsal is not where you're practicing. Yeah, gotta gotta learn your part before. Uh, Rachel, I'll, I'll I'll start with you on this question. Um, how do you prepare for rehearsal uh, as as a worship leader, mm. um, leading a group? How do you prepare beforehand for the for the rehearsal? Um, prayer every time out the gate. Uh, and we talked about in the last episode a little bit, um, just the preparation that goes into it. What does my congregation need? That kind of starts before with your song selection. And then in the rehearsal, okay, what does my band need? Um, what direction do I need to give them? What information do I need to give them so that we can do this and do it well? So for me, I do all the logistical things. I print charts. I usually make a playlist for my band so that they can hear the songs that we're going to be working on so they can already have it in their ear. Um, And make sure that we have everything that we need at the start of rehearsal so that we can jump right in. So that's even down to just the small things, pencils, or if my keys player prefers lead sheets versus chord charts, making sure everyone has what they need individually so that we can jump right in and get started. Mm -hmm. Josh, what's your take? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, like, that's that's all 100 true. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd I'd add to that is because um, I'm I'm a tech guy. Uh, just as a worship leader, I want to get to I want to get to the the uh, the church early enough for rehearsal so that I can make sure that every microphone is plugged in, uh, monitors are where they need to be, yep. uh, and then I can do a preliminary line check on everything so that I know that I don't have to take uh, rehearsal time to try to figure out. a problem. Mm-hmm. I figured that out ahead of time. Yep. Yep. And, and, and all of this, what you guys are talking about is, is planning before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to show up to rehearsal and have to finally plug things in, finally be printing out music or having the wrong key or, yeah. or somebody's using a capo and they need a different key. You need to have that plan beforehand um, and then have an outline of rehearsal. That's my biggest thing. 
um, is, is, is having a plan for the rehearsal, even down to the minute. For five minutes, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this. Uh, for, for the next 10, 15 minutes, we're going to work on this song. Yeah, the next 15 minutes for this song, going, going through that. Yeah. Um, having, having a rehearsal outline mm-hmm. so everybody can follow it, know what's coming up next. And it, it, um, it uh, takes less time to, to, for everybody to flip to the page because they're already prepared yeah. and they know what's coming I next. I think that's a, that's a great idea uh, because I, like, I know, like, I know um, the songs that I choose – I know that like which song is going to be the the, the difficult one, yep. the one that we need to spend the more time on. So if you plan out your rehearsal by the minute, you can you can know if you have enough if you've left enough time mm-hmm. to practice that song that more difficult enough. Song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. Exactly. And then uh, having forms already for um, ha- having the form of the song already for the the band members. Yeah. yeah. So um, whenever they're practicing on their own time, they already know the order. They know. This builds coming here. Um, are already having that written on the chart is, is is very very important. But that all goes back to planning before. What are some tips uh, that you would give to your praise team leaders about rehearsal? What, what, what are some specific tips for for the worship leaders? I'll ask you first, Josh. Um, for worship leaders for rehearsal, I I think we've said it a couple times, but preparation like it you cannot be over prepared mm-hmm. for for worship or for rehearsal. Um, I think. You know, as a as a worship band member, uh, I just have to come with my with my part ready to go, so that I can just add it to uh, to the mix. But as a worship leader, you're kind of carrying on a lot other responsibilities. Not only do you have to know your part, but you also have to know what you want every other part to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sometimes difficult for a, a beginning worship leader uh, to understand what they want each instrument mm-hmm. to play. Um, but if you come in with, with that idea in mind, uh, rehearsals usually go quicker. Um, and you kind of, you seem like you have your act together a little bit, a little bit better. Instead of just acting like you're, you're, you're making it up. Oh, I think it'd be great if the electric guitar player did that or the drummer did this. You already have that, that set in stone. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, What are some tips that you have, Rachel? Uh, I think some of it is just uh, communicating what you've prepared and what you've planned. So that goes into before you even meet for rehearsal, making sure that your team knows. I mean, AJ, you talked about just roadmaps and forms for things, making sure that's communicated before they even walk in the door, making sure at the bare minimum they know what songs they're doing (laughs) that week so that they have those in mind and can be working on those. Um, So making sure that that stuff's communicated and in a timely manner. You don't ever want to put your team in the position where you're sending them charts and recordings 15 minutes before, and yeah. they're trying to kind of rush to get things done. Um, and I'd also say just in the preparation, if you as a leader make it a priority to be as prepared as possible and to have all your ducks in a row, I find that your team is a lot more gracious and a lot quicker to give grace in the moments when maybe you didn't get this yeah, stuff yeah. done, or maybe there's a, a hole that you forgot to fill somewhere. They're typically quicker to show grace when it's not the norm. Yeah. So yeah. I just throw that in there. Yeah. And then uh, like, just, just once again, I'm, I'm kind of picky on these things, but having pencils on every, on every yeah. stand, and I know mm-hmm. I've, I've forgotten it before myself, but, but, but having, especially with beginners, having them Take time. Hey, write that down. Mark that down. Yeah. You missed yeah. that chord. Yeah. You missed. Um, you missed this break. This build. Whatever it may yeah. be. Having them. Having them mark that down. Uh, yeah, because a lot of times, like beginners, 
uh, beginner players, they won't take the time to yeah. write it down. They'll mm-hmm. just, oh, I got this, or it's not a big deal. Nobody will have heard that. Right. We all know it. Like, you, you can hear that. Mm-hmm. And uh, miss chords, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. So having yeah, having the pencil on the stand is a, is a great way to yeah. encourage them to make notes. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we, we've touched on it um, in, in the previous episode, but but praying, right? Mm-hmm. Prayer, yeah. prayer for your song list, praying for your set list, um, but praying for the rehearsal. Praying before and after, getting uh, your team and yourself in the right mood for leading worship, even though it's it's um, it's a rehearsal. Yeah. Nobody's in the congregation. You can still have time for worship, yeah. and and prayer leading into that is very very important. And then praying for closing, yeah. thanking the Lord for yeah. for the rehearsal that we had, mm-hmm. um, for for how how each person is going to grow from that, um, and 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 how much better the team is going to be. Because of the rehearsal that we had, you know, it's it's all about prayer, all about focusing on God. Yeah, is yeah. is the biggest thing there. Yeah, and I think like one more one more tip that I'd say yeah. is like when you're actually in the rehearsal, uh, as a worship leader, you have to run the rehearsal. Yeah, it's not just playing the song down and everybody good with that. Okay, now we can go to the next one. It's like you want you want the band to be as tight as possible. Yeah. You want to make sure that you you practice all the transitions well, uh, and again, that I think that comes with. Uh, comes from an idea of what you want each part to to play. Um, so it, as you're running your rehearsal, make sure you're, you're listening to every part. Um, make constructive comments uh, throughout the rehearsal to help people uh, to get better and to understand what what you want from them. Yeah. I had a, a music uh, leader one time. He used this express or this uh, philosophy of a praise sandwich. So he would say, every time you're making a comment to some somebody in your group, uh, you give them a praise sandwich, so, <laughs> which is you, you tell them uh, one thing that they're doing they're doing well. You give them the constructive feedback meat part uh, in the middle of the sandwich, what you want them to fix, and then you give them one more compliment at the at the end. Mm. So it helps them to know what they're doing well, but also what they need to focus on. I, I like planning rehearsals like like, like that sandwich. Yeah. Uh, uh, Starting with something familiar that, that that the band will know gets everybody on on the right foot instead of having such like really diving into yeah. into the meat that, yeah. that that comes later into the in the, mm-hmm. in the middle of the sandwich, but but starting with something that's familiar um, that that the band will feel comfortable ready for rehearsal, yeah. um, not already feel bogged down like oh this this hour rehearsal is going to be so long because yeah. because it's all working on new music. But then when you get to that new music, that's the meat, and that's really where you dive where your the most of your time yeah. is put into that rehearsal. And then that last, the top bun, ending with something familiar yeah. as well, uh, ends rehearsal, send, sends them off um, with with a, a positive attitude. Yeah. Like, hey, we learned something, um, and and this this rehearsal ended great. Yeah, it's always about about the way we end that. And then you can give them the sandwiches, yeah. and it's bonding. Everybody gets a <laughs> and snack. Then everybody everybody gets food at the end. Yeah, there everybody everybody gets a Those meal. Are my favorite practices. <laughs> so on rehearsal, uh, since we're talking about it, um, and and I know we're all guilty of it. Uh, what's your take on rehearsing, having your main rehearsal only on Sunday morning before the service? It, depending on what's on the docket for that service, it makes me a little anxious yeah. sometimes. I'm much, I'd much rather do a midweek mm-hmm. rehearsal, but the actual ability to do that, like we are based out of Atlanta and our traffic is insane at every hour of the day. So expecting people in our teams to be able to make it out to a 6 p.m. rehearsal on a Wednesday just isn't feasible for them. So like at our church, we are a Sunday morning kind of group because it's just the only thing that our people can do. Mm -hmm. So if I can get away 
without having to do that, that's my first choice every time. But if it's the only thing your team can do, I think then it's all about just having a plan, getting in and getting Mm -hmm. everything done. Yeah. Yeah. I think in an ideal world, you would have a separate rehearsal night where you're not, uh, you're not bound by the clock of Sunday morning, uh, basically where you can, you can focus on, uh, the stuff for that week and maybe even like, uh, look at some, uh, some rep for weeks to come yeah. where you can actually like do some very good, difficult things, but yeah. do it well. Yeah. You, you can't add new rep. No, it's, yeah. it's if very you're difficult. only rehearsing the right. 30 minutes or an right. hour before the service that, that you're, that you're about to play. Yeah. yeah. So my, like my confession is I have been a Sunday <laughs> only, uh, rehearsing worship leader for a few years now. And it, like Rachel said, it's really because there's no other night of the week that my team can come out and do it. And I don't want to ask them to not play just because they can't come out for a third or fourth night of the week because we are we are all involved in uh, other leadership and um, particularly youth uh, aspects of the court, of, of the church. Um, uh, so we make Sunday morning work, but here's the thing with the Sunday morning rehearsal. You've got to come in with a plan. Yeah. you got to know this is how I'm going to play this song. This is how I'm going to get out of this song. And uh, you trust that your team is going to come prepared as well. But as a worship leader for a Sunday-only rehearsal, you've got to know that you're driving that rehearsal, that you are driving that worship. Uh, so yeah. they really just kind of hang on for the ride in some in some respects. I think there are pros and cons with it too. There are the cons where if you are giving notes and things to your players and to your vocalists, they don't really have too much time to go and woodshed anything. So if there are any trouble spots, yeah, then they're just kind of stuck in that spot. But the pro of it is that you are making those notes 30 minutes beforehand and you're less Mm. likely to maybe forget what the leader has given you. So it's a give and take a little bit. We're talking about Sunday worship, right? Rehearsing before, uh, as a as a need to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we, we, like like I said before, we've all done it. We've all had rehearsal, and some of us are continuing to do it. Like yeah. it's it's the only time that works, right? Everybody's already there, um, but ideally, it is best to to have rehearsal uh, sometime during the midweek. My yeah. my church, uh, we we have a team that that rehearses midweek. Um, I wish it was longer. Wish we had more time, but we only have rehearsal. But we we have a rehearsal uh, midweek, um, which I think is great because then it introduces the the team um, to the way that the worship leader, me, that I want the the songs to sound. So then they have a couple more days to go home and have that uh, personal practice, like we talked about earlier, um, before we have that final run through yeah. slash mix rehearsal, final run through on Sunday morning. Um, so then they have those extra couple days to, to work on what I asked them to do, um, to, to what, what I'm asking them for each song, um, and then have that Sunday morning um, worship as well. And that midweek rehearsal is where we introduce um, new rep for the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, not, I don't think it's possible <laughs> just on Sunday before. Yeah. Um, also, um, I know it's difficult with, with we're, we're talking about beginner teams and younger teams, um, with having kids that are still in school, mm. um, they're already there on church. You're asking them to get there an hour, hour and a half earlier yeah. for that rehearsal. Um, what we've done is we've grouped it with our youth programs. After our youth programs, we then straight we then go um, straight into our rehearsal. So they're already there. Um, I know sometimes that can be long nights because then we have longer rehearsals. 
but but that's that's the way that that it can work. I think it's best. I know certain circumstances can't happen, but it's best that we can have a rehearsal midweek yeah. and then also have a, have a run through uh, yeah, before sure. Sunday morning. Yeah. Switching gears here, um, talk, talking about um, with, with rehearsals and, and, and the members in your group, um, how do you build community within your praise team outside of just the rehearsal time? How are you building community within the people um, that, that, that you're leading worship with? Yeah, um, that, that's a great question. I, it's super important that you do have a community uh, mindset when it comes to your worship team, because uh, think about it—you're you're going into battle with these people. Like you are, you're doing spiritual warfare uh, in in some in, in some some real way with with these people. So you have to be able to trust each other. You have to be able to lean on each other. Um, it also helps you. Uh, the more you get to know each other, the tighter you end up playing because mm-hmm. you you start to anticipate where each other is going to go musically. Um, how do you do that? I think uh, communicating with each other through the week uh, is one is a great way to start. Having having a group chat, um, whether it's you know WhatsApp or or <laughs> you know Facebook or whatever. If you if you know just joking around with each other throughout the week builds camaraderie. Um, I really like. Uh, seeing and encouraging the members of my band to also serve elsewhere in the church yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, for instance, there, there are a few people in, in my uh, my team that are also youth leaders at our church. Uh, so we we get to engage in meaningful ministry elsewhere in, in the church as well. And that also helps build camaraderie. Um, yeah. What you got, Rachel? Uh, I think, I mean... Before and after rehearsal, you're all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to each other. Get to know, if there's someone new on your team, get to know their name. Get to know a little bit about them and make sure that you're making those connections with each other before you even get into anything else. Um, just a little bit goes a long way. And if you can, meals are a great yes. way. Like, so Josh and I, with Transmission, we travel a lot. And there are a lot of, like, meals in the airport or dinners where we're going after a service or something. And that's where you really get to know people. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, just a second ago before we recorded, we were talking about favorite hot sauces and just (laughs) little simple things where you start to get to know each other outside of just what happens on the platform um, that really just kind of cements things for you and builds those relationships, those bonds, uh, which then also allows you on the spiritual side of things to know what to pray for, for each other. I mean, Josh, you talked about going into battle with each other. So knowing what's going on in their life that you can either encourage them in or pray over or come alongside them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then I, uh, I've, I know that, that members of transmission have a group chat. I am not in the group chat. I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess, well, I'm, I'm not a member. Is this you but, asking to be in no, the group no, chat? No, 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 no. I'd, I'd never do that. <laughs> You'll probably um, regret it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I know past and present members of transmission, uh, have, have a group chat and, and, um, like, like whatever happens, like, like you guys have that bond and, yeah. and no matter how many miles away you guys are, uh, you, it's just just a text away, and and you can build that with with your with your own group. Um, if somebody's out of town on a vacation or whatever, um, or if you're out of vacation on uh, out of town on vacation, send 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 them a picture of the beach or wherever you may be. Yeah. Um, like like have that like that friendship and that bond, and that's only going to grow um, like like the community within with with like your friendship within the group. 
also within within rehearsals, um, ask for song ideas, yeah. right? Um, uh, the the rest of the team are worship leaders. Mm-hmm. They listen to music. Yeah, they are part of the congregation. Um, they may know, or they may have an idea of of a song that you haven't thought of or that you don't even know. Yeah. Um, but so ask for the song ideas, and then also within rehearsal, uh, again, um, allow everyone to give ideas um, on on how the song should flow. Yeah. Um, of course, you as the worship leader are, are the final say because we need to have a leader pointing the group as to where to go. But, but ask, for, um, ask for input mm-hmm. for song ideas on, and, and, for, and for arranging as well. Yeah, because um, yeah, you're, you're a team. Like you want, exactly. You want yeah. everybody to feel like they are contributing to the mm-hmm. team as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's you, a great idea. It, it doesn't need to be you're, you're the only say. Yeah, um, they somebody don't work could, for you. Yeah, somebody yeah. could have an idea yeah. that, that, that you've never that you've never thought of or you've never thought about doing the song that way yeah. or whatever. So talking about arranging, arranging is something that, that us worship leaders, um, we do all the time. We, we're, we're arranging the songs. Yeah. Um, but not all groups, not all teams have 7 to 10 to 12 members in the group. Yeah. Um, and, and talking about smaller teams here, um, how do you arrange songs? And this, is, this might be a, a broad question to begin with, but how do you arrange songs for, for teams of, let's say, one to four members, one to four members within the group. Let's say like, like you have a vocalist, a acoustic guitar player, and a keyboardist. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's start with, with, with that there. Um, what's, what's your take on, on how you'd arrange a, a praise band song for, for that group? Yeah. Um, I get, I get every, every group is different, and every, like, just because you have a, a fewer number of people in, in your group doesn't mean you have less of a potential of impact. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's in, in no way uh, what we're what we're saying. Um, but I think the fewer people you have, I think the more you would need each part to play. So uh, Rachel's going to make fun of me because I'm, I'm using the pie <laughs> analogy. Go for uh, it. Because she's seen me do this a bunch. I like to use this analogy of a pie, right? Um, we have a pie that is the worship team. Uh, the fewer people that you have in your team, the bigger piece of a pie that they, that they get, right? Because you only have one pie. So if you just have two people, each person gets half of a pie. If you have seven people, each person gets a seventh of a pie. So the, the pieces get smaller. Um, the pie doesn't get any bigger. The pie doesn't get any bigger. <laughs> the, the part gets smaller. And I think that, I think you could use, obviously, that's, that's kind of, it's a very simple analogy, and there, there's more to it than that. But I, I think the, the 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 main point is the more people you have in your team, the less each person uh, has to contribute because mm-hmm. we're we're uh, in this together, right? Yeah. I hope, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does. Yeah, I think we're seeing this boom right now in very large worship groups. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you think of Maverick City who travels with their own choir, which is wonderful that they have that, but most groups don't. So I think we can sometimes fall into this trap of thinking, because I don't have, then my worship is not. And I think that's, first of all, a lie of the enemy, because, I mean, if you go back to in the Bible, Mm. there weren't electric guitars happening, and you didn't have synths, and you didn't have all of these things, and yet their worship was still true worship in spirit and in truth. So really scaling it down is no less than what these big groups have. But like Josh is saying, it just means that we have to shift the responsibilities around a little bit and be okay with it not being maybe as flashy or as um, 
ornamental, but it's still being quality worship. It's still an offering. Uh, it's just going to look a little different. Yeah. And you you said, all right, in this in this hypothetical, you have a vocalist, yeah. you have a keyboard player, and, mm-hmm. and an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Great. That's a that's a great uh, trio of of a worship team because you got the vocalist who is you know they're, they're carrying the melody and and portraying the message of the song. That is the main thing, the message, right? And then behind it, we have the acoustic guitar, which in this hypothetical would act as the drum set. Mm-hmm. Like that is the majority of the rhythm because it's a very rhythmic kind of in, in, instrument. It's yeah. very percussive in in sounding. And then uh, the keyboard player is playing. All the low notes because it has the ability to go to go very low. So that's your bass guitar. Lower than the acoustic guitar. Lower yeah. than the acoustic guitar, and and it's very tonal. It's much more tonal than a guitar would be. So you you would you would uh, divvy the responsibilities that way. All the rhythm stuff is going to favor the guitar. The the real heavy tonal stuff would favor the keyboard player. Yeah. So that's a, that's a dynamic trio. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the trio yeah. <laughs> right on the head. Uh, you, you you took the words out of my mouth. Like like the biggest three. The, the, the three parts of any song are, are, are going to be lyrics, rhythm, and then chords. Who, who's saying the words? Who's, who's conveying that message? Who's keeping everybody in time? Yeah. Who, who's, who's, who's telling the congregation, this is the next beat? Who, what, which, which instrument has, is taking that role? And then what key are we singing? <laughs> uh, who, who's playing the chords? Who's, who's got the melody uh, changes underneath uh, the changes underneath the melody? Yeah. Um, those, 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 that's that trio that yeah. you're talking about. And if we have that that trio, then then everything's good. Yeah. Um, uh, within that though, if we're only focusing on those three, um, like like riffs and solos, like electric guitar solo, uh, might have to be left out, right? If your yeah. team if your team is so small. We don't. We don't really need those um, uh, to to make the song work. Yeah. yeah. Right. The the song's not dependent on this electric yeah. guitar solo. Yeah. Because I think um, I think as long as the foundation is covered, then all the the extra stuff, the frilly stuff, uh, can be left off. As long as that bass is covered, the foundation of the song is covered, then the rest you don't need it. It's just yeah. it's just I- icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. And then g- going off of that. Um, choosing songs for smaller teams. Uh, how, how would how would you do that? Because because there are some things that are going to have to be left out. Um, not talking about electric guitar solos, um, but but how would you choose songs for a, a team? Let's say without a drummer or um, like uh, a team that that only has one instrument. Let's say uh, like a keyboardist and a vocalist. Um, like, like how would you how would you choose songs? Um, what's your mindset in choosing songs uh, for for that kind of group? Go for it, Josh. <laughs> uh, like for me, I, I I go back to this idea of scalability. Like, can, does a song scale down to can I can I play this song mm. with just an acoustic guitar and it actually sounds good? Yeah. Mm. If I can make if I can take a huge produced song and make it sound good with just me singing and playing acoustic guitar, then yeah, I think it would work for a smaller group. If it doesn't, if there's too much left out, then you know that might not be the, the song to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I you, you hit it right on the head. Um, it's it's knowing your instrumentation. Yeah. If you are by yourself and it doesn't sound good with just an acoustic guitar, then that's not going to work. If it doesn't sound good, if if the song can't be played, can't be the message can't can't be conveyed with an acoustic guitar and a keyboardist. Yeah, then that's not the song for your group if that's what you have. Yeah. Uh, knowing your in- instrumentation and and skill level is, is very very important yeah. uh, because, like you said, the pie. 
Um, if I have a beginner pianist that can't cover the role that I need it to, then I got to look for a different song. Yeah. I got to I got to take that into consideration. Um, Rachel, can I put you on the spot and ask you a question? Josh, go for it. All right. So as a as a vocalist, mm-hmm. you do play an instrument, but not necessarily yeah, as a worship correct. leader. How Thank do you, as a, a non-playing worship leader, mm-hmm. how would you choose songs uh, for like a smaller group that that you're not necessarily driving musically? Like mm-hmm. what what are your thought processes? I everything that you guys have just said with your scalability. What do you have? Who can cover what? Um, I think when it comes to vocally as well, because I mentioned earlier, there are songs that require worship choirs and different things. Vocals scale back as well. You don't do as many of the riffs as are maybe in there. Maybe you don't have as many ad libs or kind of go up and down and change the melody left and right like some songs may have you do. Um, But just sticking very close to home, keeping that melody simple and conveying that message in a way that they can pick up and keep going with. if you are a worship leader who is primarily a vocalist, we do have more work to do on our end in the preparation for mm. picking songs because we are having to go through a thought process that's different than you guys maybe as primarily guitar players, and that's your natural go-to. So it does take more work on our mm. end of things, but it is, it's sitting down, knowing your players, okay, who who can cover and what am I willing to sacrifice from this? What am I willing to go without? What are my must-haves and my mm, maybe, maybe nots? Yeah. Yeah, And and you still want to prepare. You you touched on it. You still want to prepare as if you have a full praise band, as if you have uh, countless members of the team. You have a full choir. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You you, you still want to prepare and rehearse even though you have one to four players, right? Mm-hmm. You and somebody else, or you, you and you, you and, and and the keyboardist. You still want to prepare um, all of what we talked about um, in 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 this episode. You still want to prepare as if you have that that group, because um, the smaller team um, doesn't mean any less. It, like you mentioned, uh, a smaller praise team doesn't mean it's any less than in, than a bigger praise team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It still serves the purpose I mean, of worshiping God more, and leading a congregation. Yeah, yeah. More of the responsibility falls on fewer shoulders. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it leaves less room. I mean, we, we've mentioned before, uh, I think in episode one, but just we're trying to minimize distraction. Mm-hmm. Like, that is one of our goals. So really, when you look at a one-to-four-person team against – maybe a 13-person team. Yeah. There are less moving parts, which does in turn leave a little bit less room for distraction because mm-hmm. there are less bells and whistles that are yeah. going off. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a practical example. Uh, we, we talked about an, a team of acoustic guitar and a pianist. Show me how you'd arrange a song with, with that kind of band. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get set. Okay, so in this example, we were talking about uh, if you have just two people in your team, an acoustic guitar and a keyboard player, how would you arrange this so that uh, we are not stepping on each other's toes and everybody has a space to play? Uh, if I'm just by myself on an acoustic guitar, I can play whatever I want. But the second you add a second instrument, we need to share this pie that we were talking about earlier. So here's one way that you can do that. Uh, the acoustic guitar is very rhythmic. It's a very rhythmic instrument. Um, so I'm going to take more of the rhythm, and the keyboard is, is going to play a little more simply uh, in terms of uh, what he's playing, his rhythm, right? Um, but here's the, the other side to this coin. The keyboard is a much broader tonal instrument. 
it can cover very low notes and cover very high notes. Uh, the acoustic guitar is much more limited in its in its uh, tonal range. So I'm going to play more rhythm, but I'm also going to avoid the lower tones because that is more in the the keyboard camp. So AJ, on this one, I'm going to play. I'll play my my rhythm kind of like this. Uh, we're looking at the song Hosanna, Praises Rising by Paul Balash. It's one of my favorites uh, for this kind of example. Um, so I'll play I'll play a little more rhythm. And AJ's going to play simply, but a little bit lower. And here's how that would work. So here's, here's the verse of Hosanna. Uh, one, two, three. Praises rising, eyes are turned. We turn to you. So if you notice, what as I'm as I'm strumming here, I'm not strumming all six strings all the time. Uh, so I'm not. I'm just, I'm really just favoring the top strings because I I don't have to play low because the keyboard is covering that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm I'm, I'm being very simplistic. Really covering that low that low range that's yeah. lower than the guitar, and you even not playing those low strings is freeing that up. Yeah, um, it, it's not on top of each other in that sonic space. Yeah, um, everybody has their own place. Yeah, um, everybody's got their own the, the piece of the pie there. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think the inverse could also uh, be a good scenario as well. Let's say you you have a, a guitar player who's not necessarily as uh, comfortable playing that busy. Um, what if we wanted to switch this so that the keyboard played more of the rhythm and the guitar played more uh, of a simple rhythm? Uh, what if it were some, something like that? Let's see if we can give that a go. Yeah. So here's, um, let's try that, that verse again one more time. So now more rhythm on the keyboard, less rhythm on the guitar. One, two, three, four. Praise is rising I'm playing more of a straight eighth note kind of thing, right? And AJ AJ is free to cover a little more rhythm. So you can do that so that, uh, to spread the sound a little bit so you're not stepping on each other's toes, you're not getting in the way, and we can complement each other in, in what we're playing. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that does make sense, and and this is this is one scenario. Uh, many scenarios could be possible. Uh, yeah. Let's give them another example. What about two acoustic guitars? How would we do that? that? That's a little bit more complicated. All right, let's get you on an acoustic guitar, and uh, we'll, we'll go through that. Perfect. Okay, so uh, in this example, if you have two acoustic guitars in your team, uh, the same principle applies. Uh, if you're by yourself, you can play whatever you want. The second you add a second player, you have to coordinate. Uh, what it is you're playing, where each other is playing. So you spread the sound and you can play complementary uh, rhythms. So let's work this out. We'll do the same song, Hosanna. This time we'll play the chorus of the song. And let's see if we can coordinate our rhythms and uh, the chords that we're, we're going to end up playing. Yeah. Uh, so here's right on the chorus. Uh, one, two, three, Hosanna. Yeah, that's a 
good example. So you can see we're, we're playing slightly different chord uh, voicings, but that's fine because they, they work well together. Yeah. But the important thing is that our rhythms are in, in sync. So that's, that's an important key. Um, when you, you're playing two acoustic guitars with not the same rhythms, it gets kind of squirrely. Let's see if we can, we can do that. <laughs> so AJ, on this one, uh, I'll play the same rhythm I was just doing. If you do eighth notes with a quarter note, uh, accent. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that sounds. So same thing. Uh, one, two, three. Hosanna, Hosanna. Yeah, there's something that feels weird and <laughs> off about that. It is very. It is very lumpy. Like we're not together. <laughs> yeah, we're not together. So that's. It's important that we coordinate rhythms and and we can uh, coordinate how how we're playing. So here's here's another tip for an acoustic guitar for two acoustic guitar players. Um, we sometimes like to spread the sound, so we're not both playing in the same root positions. Um, if one of you is playing in guitar friendly keys, uh, like the key of G, the key of D, C, you can play the open positions. The other can put a capo on to find uh, that key with different voicings. So in this one, I'm going to play uh, the song is in the key of G. I'm going to play G chords. AJ's going to capo the fifth fret, and he's going to play uh, D chords, which puts him in the key of G, but his voicings will be a little bit different. And together, they should work really well together. Uh, so let's see what that sounds like. So here's the chorus of Hosanna one more time. One, two, three. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. Yeah, so that works really well. We're not playing the same chords, but it's it's different enough where it sounds like the voicings are complementary. Yeah. So that's that's a trick that I like to do, particularly with two acoustic guitar players. So yeah, that's that's how I would do it if uh, if you have two acoustic guitar players or if your team consisted of an acoustic guitar and a keyboard. Uh, I think the same rules would apply then if you you know added a drummer or a bass player. If you're, you know a drummer is a very rhythmic instrument, so you would have to share the rhythm responsibilities. Uh, same with a bass player. The bass player is both rhythm and tone, mm -hmm. so you have to kind of share that for, with the other instruments as well. Um, so you, you just keep in mind that you're a team and you're sharing uh, the load together, and ultimately you want all these pieces to come together to be cohesive and to complement each other. Yeah. 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 Uh, one last question. I'll, I'll throw it over you, Rachel. Great. <laughs> uh, how, how can a small team add diversity, like, like uh, di diversity within their playing? Um, you saw uh, Josh and I, we both played acoustic guitar. We had acoustic and piano. Um, but, but within separating the sonic space, separating who's playing what, who's taking control of rhythm, how can you, how can you make the song different? How can you add some, some diversity? Yeah, I think an easy way to do that is dynamics. And sometimes that looks like uh, making a section uh, a lot louder or a lot softer um, to add some intensity or to maybe scale it back a little bit. Or uh, sometimes it's building a section so that we are going to this high point. Um, and you can even go to things like maybe a section is just vocals. Maybe it's yeah. that we're just singing and everything else kind of falls out for a bit. So I think dynamics is a, a somewhat easy way to do that, um, but that still takes preparation and rehearsal. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think dynamics makes or breaks a song. Mm -hmm. I think the, the lack of dynamics makes a song boring. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think, I think this is something that big teams and small teams both struggle with. 
uh, in different ways. A lot of times with, with the larger your team is, I think the more you have to work for the dynamics because there's more people playing, the smaller your team is, I think the more crucial the dynamics become yep. uh, uh, because like our, we tend to be a little monosyllabic with our playing. Uh, so the more you can build uh, volume and rhythm uh, discrepancies between each section, I think it makes the song sound a little more interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and inevitably, with a smaller team, um, the songs have to become simpler. Yeah. It's just, it's just uh, the nature of it. There's, there's less people, um, still very, very important, um, but the song has to become simpler because yeah. you only have a certain amount of, of hands touching instruments or you only have uh, one vocalist that's yeah. singing it. You can't add, add, add all harmony if you only have um, a lead vocalist. So. Yeah. Um, the song has to become simple. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, that's that, that's fine because, like, what what's the main thing? Yeah, it's it's like it's the worship that that's why we're there. Yeah. Uh, so the the instrumentation, the arrangement can be as simple as you need to make it, as long as uh, what what you're doing is you're leading and you're encouraging your congregation to experience Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you guys for joining me again for episode two. Uh, this episode was was running rehearsals and arranging for smaller teams. Um, and remember, the break the song down to the lyrics, the chords, and the rhythm. No matter the size, those are the parts that are important. And then know that your group isn't going to sound exactly like the recording. If, if you take anything from what we've just said in this episode, these are the two big points. Lyrics, chords, rhythm. Those are the keys of any song, the, the, the key parts of any song. And then know that it's not going to sound like the recording. And then arrange it to your group. Thank you for listening to this episode of Worship Leading for Small Churches. If you liked this episode, we would appreciate if you'd like and share this with others. Tune in next Wednesday at 10 a.m. where we continue our discussion. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening, and God bless.